everyone. Welcome back to the Lovely Freaks podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And today we have a very interesting episode for you guys. We have a murder episode and a husband and wife. Well, a husband, wife, and an unborn child, which this one's going to be kind of heavy. But um, this one's also pretty interesting. So you don't know really about this one? No. No. I heard about the other I one think that's I'd, on Netflix. But yeah, that's one. the Chris Watts case. And I think I actually told you about this one. Um, but it's been a while. Okay. And this happened back in like 2002. So you weren't, you were born, but you were a little. A two-year-old. Yeah. So you don't know nothing about that. Um, and I kind of remember a little bit about it when it happened. But first off, I just want to say, I hope everyone enjoyed our bonus episode that we had. That was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of anything else. Yeah, just go follow us on Instagram. As always, subscribe to our channel. You can hit the bell so you can get notifications whenever we um, make a new episode, so that way you guys can stay on track. And like I said in the bonus episode, we're going to try to do a bonus episode um, on Wednesdays, but if, if it's not every Wednesday, then you know. We're just gonna we're gonna try to try to get you guys two episodes a week, but it's really hard because Hannah is in college, so yeah. right now she's kind of taking her final exams. So it was actually interesting that I got her here to do what we did this yeah. week. So bonus and, um, two more episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that um, was a feat, but we got it done. Okay, so if you saw the title, then you know what we're going to talk about, and that is the Scott and Lacey Peterson case. Um, This has been on tons of different things, like Hulu, um, I think it's on, maybe on Netflix, there may be something on Netflix, ID Discovery, um, just, it's everywhere. So this was like a really big case back in 2002. I actually remember kind of like Dad watching, back when he used to watch, you remember Nancy Grace's? Yeah. With the blonde-headed woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so he would, like, religiously watch Nancy Grace um, because he liked, you know, all the different stuff that she talked about or whatever. Yeah. And the different cases that she had. So I guess I'll just dive right into it. Um, this is probably going to be a two-parter. I'm probably going to talk about the everything that happened and then the case. Um, spoiler alert. Scott Peterson gets arrested for the murder of his wife, obviously, but, or his wife and his son, unborn son. But part two will probably be the, um... Do we need a disclaimer? Because it's probably going to be, it's going to be bloody and stuff? No, I mean, it's not, it's not like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just really weird. It's, it's a heavy case as in, like... I mean, they do eventually find their bodies... And the way that they find him is pretty gruesome, and I'll get to that. But, um, it's heavy in a sense of, like... You can't believe he could do this. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, just everything else that comes up to it. So... Especially since you're a mom. Yeah. I'm also gonna say that at the end of this, you can kind of decide for yourself whether or not you think he's guilty or innocent. I will say that some things that come up in this case make me think that he is actually innocent. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a douche, not, I mean, for sure, and you'll understand why, but I honestly think that, I don't know, I mean, I honestly think that he might be... Guilty? He might be, no, he might be innocent. Innocent? Oh. Yeah. And well, i got to hear about this. Yeah. So, okay. We'll just get started. So, December 24th, 2002, in Modesto, California. Every time I hear Modesto, I think of aliens, monsters versus aliens. Do you remember that movie? (laughs) So they actually, so some of this stuff happens, I'm a child. Some of this stuff (laughs) happens in Modesto and and in um, Fresno. Mm -hmm. And you know, like in the movie. So yeah, anyways, I don't know. Side note, but I always think about that. While I was researching, every time I heard Modesto, I just thought of that movie. Um, So yeah, they're from Modesto, California. Raw... Lacey's stepfather, Ron Gransky, called 911 when Scott got home. So, Scott got home from going to the marina 
and going to get his boat and put his boat in the water. He comes home and he can't find Lacey anywhere. So he calls um, her mom and dad because later on that night they were supposed to go. This is this is uh, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So later on that night they were supposed to go eat dinner at her mom's house, right? Yeah. So Scott just figured, okay, well, she's over there. You know, she told me that she had to go do a few things. And so she probably went to her mom and dad's early and I'll just meet her over there. So he calls her stepmom and her mom. She's not there. And then he calls all of her friends. Um, they, they haven't seen her all day. She's not there. And so at this point, they're kind of freaking out because Lacey's eight months pregnant. So, I mean, like, she's almost due. Yeah. So they're thinking, some of her friends were thinking, you know, did she have a miscarriage? Did she have to be rushed to the hospital? Maybe she didn't have, you know, anything on her. Um so they're just kind of freaking out, scrambling. But her stepdad calls 911 immediately. So as soon as the 911 dispatcher hears it and all that, um, it, you know, she tells police officers and police officers, which I thought was actually a good thing, they immediately start searching for her. Sometimes they like to wait, you know. Yeah, usually they wait 24, 48 hours, yeah. somewhere in there. But the fact that she was pregnant, they really wanted to find her. So... The police start searching where they thought she was going to be, which was the dog park. Because she told Scott that she was going to, that morning when she woke up, you know, they woke up and we'll explain what they did that morning. But he told police she was supposed to be at the dog park walking the dog and she's not there. Well, while all this was going on, a neighbor walked over or saw the police outside and the neighbor was like, yeah, I saw their dog Mackenzie out in the driveway and it had its leash on and mm-hmm. it had its collar on mm-hmm. and I thought it was really strange and I couldn't find Lacey anywhere so I just put the dog in the backyard. Okay. So the neighbor put the dog in the backyard and right away, you know, they're thinking, well, what if she got like abducted? Yeah, like, kidnapped. Or kidnapped like from kidnapped. her own front yard because like, you know, I mean, the dog was... The black market or, like, selling her because she's pregnant. Exactly. Or somebody wanted, like, the baby or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, Scott, during this time, was really cooperative. He walked Al Burkini, which was the lead detective. He walked um, Mr. Burkini through the house. He let him in the house. He let him search the truck. He let him search the house. He let him take pictures, which, I mean... Uh, if you're going to kill your wife or if you've done something to your wife, like, you would kind of be, like, hesitant, I would think, yeah. you know? Or you'd be like, well, maybe, you know, you need a search warrant. Hey, don't take pictures, blah, blah, Well, blah. I mean, that other guy from the Netflix. Yeah, that's true. He was very, like, yeah, come on, and I just want to find her, even though he literally yeah. killed his, everybody, all of them. I can't. Yeah, he's a dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll talk about the Chris Watts case one day, you guys, because... I mean, everybody's heard of it, but, um, and because of Netflix, I don't want to do it right now, but Chris Watts, like, Scott is not as bad as Chris Watts to me. Okay. I mean, just, they're kind of the same in some of the things that they do, but there's just, I guess it's because Chris actually admitted to it, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get to it. I'm getting, I'm skipping ahead. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So... All they found in Scott's truck was a tarp and patio umbrellas that they had, like, I guess maybe they were, he was either going to throw them away or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tarp didn't have any blood on it or anything like that. It was just a tarp. Um, friends would say about Lacey, she was super bubbly. She had a lot of energy. She was sweet. She was positive. She was always happy. She was born and raised in Modesto, but she actually went to college somewhere else, and I can't remember exactly where she went, but she went to college in another city, and that's where she met Scott. He was a waiter at a, um, some restaurant that she went to. Mm -hmm. Scott was pretty typically, like, an all-American boy. I mean, he came from a upper-middle-class family. Everybody loved him. Um, that he got along with everybody in her family. They never fought as far as, like, anyone could tell they never fought um you know it wasn't like I mean friends and family would never see them argue or have a tiff or anything like that and Lacey would always say that she was really happy when she was talking to her friends you know like Mm -hmm. her girlfriends she had really close girlfriends like some of them they had been friends since 
I believe like middle school or something like that, like seventh grade, maybe junior high. So, um, they dated for two years and then they got married August 9th, 1997. After college, they moved back to Modesto and Lacey was a substitute teacher and Scott was a fertilizer salesman. Um, then of course she got pregnant. That was uh, 97 when they got married and then so a couple of years later you know she got pregnant well not a couple but a good bit later <laughs> um but they were both happy i mean nobody ever said like you know in i'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it back to the chris yeah i'm gonna bring it back to the shannon and chris watts case like in that case she told her friend well uh chris told me you know he didn't want the baby you know he dropped this bomb on me that he didn't want the baby yeah. well this never happened scott and lacy like nobody ever scott never told her i don't want this baby scott never said you know he was unhappy in any way or nothing like that um so that's just a little backstory about them and their relationship so let's go back to the day december 24th so, detectives decide to bring Scott in for questions to try to clear up a timeline. They're not necessarily trying to, like, question him to see where he was or anything like that. They're just trying to clear up a timeline. So, and this is what Scott tells detectives when he comes in. He tells Detective Al Burkini, who's the lead detective. He says that Lacey got up. This is... I'm going to, like, use his words, like, okay. exact words. So, quote, I quote, quote <laughs> Lacey got up and went, um, I assume she had some breakfast cereal. She eats right when she wakes up. Otherwise, she gets sick because she is pregnant. I laid around in bed longer, a little bit longer, then got up around 8 o'clock, probably. I showered. We watched her favorite show, which is Martha Stewart. She told me what she was going to do that day. She was going to take the dog for a walk, then go to the store and, I guess, buy some things for Christmas breakfast tomorrow. So, that's what he told Detective Alberkini. Mm -hmm. um, he said after he left the house, he picked up his new boat that was at the storage unit. He said that he checked some emails. He sent one email. And then he said that um, he hooked up his boat and he left the warehouse. Then he drove to the Ber Berkeley Marina in San Francisco Bay, which is about 90 miles away from where his warehouse is. And also, they have a... He's got a... Um, what's that thing called? Like a stamp card, like when you go into the marina, like a time oh, card. Time card. Yeah. So it showed that he really was there, and he, oh. he the email that he sent, he really did send the email. So okay. he was there when he said he was there. Okay. He said he stayed in the water about in half an hour or so. Then, um, he, I lost my train of thought. What did I say? He stayed in the water for about a half ADHD. an ADHD. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Probably thinking about Sorry. loading clothes. I oh, wait. Yeah. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> no, I was literally thinking about the boat. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, what you were thinking of what it looked like or something? Yeah. So, he, the reason, he said, he said the reason why he went to the water in the first place was because he wanted to get the boat out in the water because he had not gotten the boat out in the water yet since he bought it. And he had bought this boat, I believe... Maybe like two weeks before this, so okay. he never really had a chance to get in the water and all that, all that all stuff. That jazz. Yeah, all that, jazz. all that jazz. You're gonna do that every time. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, he said, "I quote: I called Lacey just as I was leaving the marina. I left a message. Scott then says that he came home and realized that Lacey was missing. Now." He did leave the message, and I believe the message was something like, um, I can't really remember, and I don't know why I didn't write this down, but... Like he was just coming, I'm coming home. Yeah, he was like, I'm coming home, I love you, something like that. Yeah. That was, that was what he was saying. Just normal. Um, the detective then asked Scott if he's ever fired a gun, or if he fired a gun at all in the last couple of days, and Scott was like, no, I haven't. Mm -hmm. So, then he asked him if he was willing to, for 
them to check for uh, gunshot residue. Okay. And Scott was like, yeah, sure. So they checked for gunshot residue and obviously nothing came up. Mm-hmm. They tested his hands and when they did, they saw that there was a small cut on his hand, but it was so small. Like, they kept going back to that cut on his hand. But if you have just killed your wife and you're struggling and you're, you know, uh, like suffocating her suffocating or her? anything yeah. like that, Why would she's you have gonna, a cut on your hand? yeah, you're gonna have cuts like all over your arms. Yeah. She's gonna fight. Was it and inside or outside of his hand? It was outside, just right on the outside of his hand. Oh, and okay. he asked, she, the detective asked, um, Brokini asked him, you know, where'd you get that cut? And I think he said, oh, I must have like got it when I was, you know, in my toolbox or something yeah. like that. It wasn't like it was bleeding profusely Didn't look like or anything. Fingernail? No, it was just one like cut. Just one cut. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that um, would be suspicious. Then he asked him if he would agree to a polygraph test, and Scott did say he would. He's like, "Yeah, I'll do a polygraph test, but I'm gonna have to do it like, tomorrow on Christmas Day." And they were like, "Yeah, we'll set that up." Okay. First of all, I don't believe in polygraph tests because me neither. You're already really. Um, Anxious. Anxious and nervous yeah. when you're doing the test anyways. And, I mean, I just don't believe in him. So, but he said he would do it. So, he's being really cooperative. He's trying to clear it all up. It seems like he wanted to just clear his name. Like, if you're thinking, okay, he's innocent. If you're thinking in that aspect. Maybe yeah. he just wanted to, like, clear his name so that way they could actually find the real killer. Or actually yeah. find the real person that kidnapped her or whatever is going on. He didn't want them to, like, focus on him. Yeah, because naturally they're going to focus on the husband. Corroborate so they could get to the killer. Yeah, and that's like I've told my husband, like if I go missing, like I'm gonna need you to like let them do anything they need to do to you. Don't do a polygraph test because it'll probably you'll probably fail. But um, do anything else you they need to do so that way they can quit focusing on you and focus on who actually took me or killed me or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times they just get so zoned in on the husband or the significant other. And, and also, a lot of times it's a it is. Test. Like, yeah. you're going to be anxious because yeah. they're asking you, did you kill? And you're like, okay, now I got to answer it. No, I didn't. And if you really didn't, you would still get a little anxious about the question. Yeah. Like, I just don't believe them either. Yeah. So the next day on Christmas Day, um, the police were all over the park, the dog park where she was supposedly at. They went down to the creek. They had helicopters. They were doing like a full on search. They were trying to see if anybody had grabbed her from the park. Um, but obviously, you know, they came up with nothing. They even checked, like, parolees that were on parole and that lived in the area that had been to prison. Mm-hmm. They were just going around asking them anything. Um, on December 27th, a tip came in to the police department. There was a burglary reported that came in. That was across the street from the Peterson's house. Okay? Okay. The neighbors left to go on a two-day vacation, and they left on December 24th around 1030, which was the same time, the same day, and almost the same time Scott left the house around probably like 9 o'clock. So, Lacey was obviously there by herself around 1030 on December 24th whenever the people left. When they got back on the 26th, the neighbors, they noticed that their house had been broken into. A few days later, Diane Jackson, another neighbor, she came forward and she said that she was driving by the house at about 1140 on the morning of December 24th. Mm -hmm. And she remembers seeing a van in their driveway and like three sketchy men standing outside. And she was kind of wondering like, who is that? You know, I don't know if she knew exactly like. It's not like she knew the neighbors personally, yeah. But she just thought, she said she got this creepy vibe. Yeah. Um, After that, the detectives wanted to know more about this burglary, so they held a press conference, and they asked anyone to come forward that knew anything at all. Meanwhile, Lacey's parents were begging and crying on TV. They were just doing all these different press conferences, trying to ask anyone if they had any information to come forward. Like, her mom was distraught. Her dad was distraught. He broke down. Um, and Scott wasn't there at the press conferences, but he was back at his house. 
Um, the police bring in a dog. So they bring in, like, dogs. A search dog? A search dog, yeah. And after he got the scent of Lacey, and then he, you know, went around the house, and, of course, her scent was there and everywhere. So then he goes outside, and they're, you know, still, he's picking up the scent. He picks it up. He This dog picks up the scent mm-hmm. all the way to the street. And then instead of going in the direction that the dog park was in, or mm-hmm. the, the walking park or whatever it was, some sort of park that she was going to take the dog to, to yeah. he goes the other way. So that made police believe, what if she got abducted and was yeah. in a car? You know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, the media coverage was, like, super intense. Like, there was media everywhere. This was, like, a huge deal. It was on, like, 24-7. There was a tip line that police actually set up that was on 24-7, too. So, meanwhile, we're about to get into the shitty part of Scott. Okay. So, meanwhile... I was supposed to say, we're all on his side right now. Yeah. He's got to do something yeah. shitty. So, meanwhile, the whole time that this is going on, and I haven't... I've seen this on different... I've heard this on different podcasts, podcasts, and I've seen this on different articles, but if you watch this on, like, Hulu or ID Discovery or something like that, it doesn't mm-hmm. say this, but supposedly... And I don't know if maybe this was in, like, the court documents, like, whenever they went to court or whatever. Supposedly, while his wife was missing, like, the first two days after she goes missing. Yeah. He orders, like, porn on the TV. The TV? The TV. Because, you know, like, pay-per-view and stuff like that. He orders, like, a bunch of porn and pay-per-view um, he pretty much just stays in his house the whole time. He doesn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. There were pictures of him coming out of the house, like, the news media had shot. Yeah. And he just looks, like, nonchalant. He's, like, on his phone, you know, yeah. just in his, like, shorts and blah, blah, blah. Which I'm like, you know, if my wife is missing, I'm probably not going to want to watch porn. Like, this is yeah. not something <laughs> I would be, If I was like, a guy, frantic. I think I wouldn't be, yeah. And it's my wife and my unborn son. Like, I'm going to be yeah. freaking out. And not so, sleeping, looking yeah. everywhere. That was just one thing that kind of creeped me out with him. Um, Ted Rollins, who is a reporter in the Modesto area, he was actually the first person, the first media guy reporter, media guy, media whatever, guy. <laughs> um, to encounter Scott. So he walks up to his house, knocks on the door. He's like, hey, can we get an interview? And Scott Scott literally said no. He's like, no, I don't want to interview. I don't want to be on camera. Get the camera out of my face. Mm-hmm. You know, which is weird because he was thinking, the reporter, Scott, uh, not Scott, Ted Rollins was thinking, well, That's really weird, because most of the time, loved ones like her mom and her dad and her stepdad, they're all over TV trying to beg someone to bring her home, or if they know anything, and most of the time, that's what loved ones want to do. They want to be seen, so that way they can get the the news out there that their child is missing. But, not Scott. He didn't want to engage in any media coverage whatsoever. That's weird. Yeah. Um... So, I told you that Scott was going to do the polygraph test, right? Yeah. So, the Christmas Day. Well, after he agreed to the polygraph test, polygraph test, he called his dad. And apparently, his dad told him, like, don't do it. Which, like we said. Understandably. Understand. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, and so, when, but that just made Scott look suspicious to the police. Well... Which it shouldn't have. Yeah, it shouldn't because those things aren't real. It would kind of be like if you didn't believe in something that puts people in jail. Hey, let's go do... You want to do this? Like, no. No, thank you. Yeah. So, since they couldn't get a... What they said. Since the police said that they couldn't get a specific timeline. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get a... Like... They couldn't get Scott to, to, to do the... Polygraph. polygraph and kind of clear up some things for them. This is what they do. This really pisses me off. <laughs> what? What do they do? They hold a press conference. Mm-hmm. They hold a press conference and they want the public to tell them if they know anything about Scott's whereabouts. 
They want to know if they saw Scott's truck at the marina. Um, they showed okay. pictures of his truck. They were like, please come forward so they can make sure that he isn't lying about anything. They wanted to make sure. And uh, the me the media people were like, well, yeah. is he a suspect? And yeah. all they said was, well, we can't say anything at this time. So right off the bat, they're making Scott look like he's a suspect. He's suspect. They're making him look like he's the murderer. And he's not cooperating with police. So the media was like, oh, shit. He's yeah. the guy, you know. And so they're going to, like, blow it up. For them to do that, I just thought it was really irresponsible. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people thought that was really irresponsible. Especially if you don't have any hard evidence. Like, you saw blood, like, in the house or something like that. Like, yeah. don't come at the husband if you don't know. And just because he didn't want to take a lie detector test, I thought that was just shitty of them. And it's not like he didn't come forward and say where he was and he didn't have evidence where he was. I mean, he had evidence that he was at the marina when yeah, he said he was. pretty strong evidence. Yeah. So, Lacey's family and even Scott, Scott's family, of course, and Lacey's family, they were all in his defense. Um, they were really upset that the police seemed more focused on him instead of finding Lacey or finding out the truth, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Lacey's mother even says in an interview, quote, if you knew Scott, then you wouldn't be asking me this. They haven't even argued. They are a team. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I'm about to hit you with some bullshit. You ready? Okay. <laughs> I'm about to say, when is the tea? Where is the tea? I'm about to hit you with some tea. Okay. So, whilst his family and her family are saying this, mm-hmm. however, on December 29th, things are about to get kicked up in the corner because Amber Fry enters the picture. Let me explain who Amber Fry is. So, Amber Fry is a 27-year-old massage therapist um, from Fresno, California. <laughs> Fresno. She must be the mistress. Yeah, she is. I thought so. Yeah. Her friend set her and Scott up on a blind date back on November 20th. So, this was like month. Ago. A couple months before yeah. Lacey, or a month before Lacey went missing. Yeah. Almost a month. Um, Scott claimed that he was not married and not dating anyone. That's what he told Amber when they first got together. And I guess the guy that set them up on the blind date obviously didn't know he was married. Um, so, yeah, he just, you know, unfortunately this guy was the one that set them up. But he didn't know they were married and neither did Amber. Amber told him that she was a single mother. She actually let her meet he met her little girl Mm -hmm. like after they went on like a few dates they went on like probably four or five dates and then she introduced her little girl to Scott they even went on like a day trip together like hiking and Scott was so she said Scott was like so nice and he was like holding the little girl's hands and he was so excited and seemed all you know sweet and all this stuff and she thought yeah and she thought like okay this is like Super awesome. Well, on December 29th, Amber's friend, who set her up with Scott, Mm -hmm. comes over and he's like, hey, I need to talk to you. And so the friend brings a news article. And right away, the news article was, you know, said Scott and Lacey Peterson. And it said what was happening to Lacey. And right away, like Amber. that was him. Yeah. They knew that it was that Scott. So, when she realizes that it was, excuse me, when she realizes that it was Scott, she calls the police immediately, which, awesome. That's Good. another thing. So, yeah. So, so unlike in the uh, Chris Watts case, you know, the douchebag on Netflix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the like, I'm like, yeah, of yeah, course. That guy, gotcha. Um, his mistress knew he was married. And she was still just a slut dog. Yeah, she was a and bitch. um yeah, but Amber didn't know, and people were like pissed off at her. People were like, "Oh, she's the mistress," and I'm like, "But she didn't know no, she no, was the mistress." Yeah. Like, and, and when they she found out that long, they were no, together they were only like, together like six weeks. Yeah, or maybe even shorter. And when she found out she was the mistress, uh, she called the police because she was like, "Um, no, this is not cool. He's yeah. you know something's this guy's not a right. Douchebag. He's not all that he seems to be." Yeah. So, lead detective Al Burkini and John Bueller, those are the two like major detectives. Um, they drove straight to Amber's house. She showed them pictures of 
her and Scott together at like a Christmas party. She showed them cards that he had sent her and like letters that he had written or whatever. Um, all kinds of stuff that would establish that yes, they actually were in a relationship. She's not just trying Which to like. They moved fast for six weeks and to like write letters and stuff. Not yeah, that. and they no. even we'll get to I love yous and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Christmas party like company Christmas party pictures and all different kinds of stuff. So Amber tells them on December 9th, they had an interesting conversation. She asked him. She asked him when they first started dating, like I said, if he would ever been married or anything yeah. like that. He said no. But on December 20... December 29th. December 9th. Mm-hmm. Which was not that long before Lacey... Di- I mean, we're talking, we're talking two weeks before Lacey died. Okay? Yeah. Or Lacey goes missing. She didn't die yet. On December 9th, he had... He said, I got something to confess to you. And she was like, okay... And they were sitting on the couch, and she said, well, what is it, you know? And he was like, well, I was married, but she died. No, no, no. I was married, but I'm not married anymore. She, 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 no, that's right. He didn't say that she had died. He just said, I was married. And then he started, like, bawling, like, crying. Okay. And she was like, she said, I didn't want to ask him if, if she had died or if she had left because I didn't want to, like, go there. Yeah. So, she just kind of thought, okay, well, she said, the way he was acting, she said in an interview that the way he was acting, she thought that her, his wife had died. died because, yeah. you know, he was so distraught. This is two weeks before Lacey goes missing. Two weeks. Two weeks. And he tells her this. So, detectives were, like, super shocked about this. And they realized that Scott was hiding something. I mean, if he could hide that and he, you know, was hiding all that, he obviously was hiding something else. The detectives decided that they were going to use her as help. Lacey was missing, right? Yeah. (laughs) This shit gets even crazier. So they decided they were going to use Amber. And how they did it was, she was like, well, actually, he's still calling me. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. So, they were like, what do you mean he's still calling you? And she said, well, he's been calling me, like, every day. And we've been having conversations. And so, they were like, okay, well, we're going to start recording these conversations. So, that's what they do. So, they put the recorder on her phone. And actually, while the police are there, um, he calls. And and they're like, oh, shit. So, he calls, and they hit record, and all it is is, I think Scott was like, hey, and she said, hey, and then he was like, are you there? I can barely hear you, and then the phone cuts out. So, it wasn't, like, that big of a thing, but she actually says in an interview, Amber says, I'm actually glad that it cut out because she said she was so um, nervous, Nervous, you know, in that moment. So... Luckily for her, so that she's was, gonna have to pretend like everything. She's okay. gonna have to pretend like everything's like, okay. Like kudos on her. Yeah. If he killed her, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I'd be like, "You're a fucking pig. Go away." We're y'all even gonna... if we were together and you had a whole other oh, relationship. Gets, oh, it gets better. Just hold on. So hold on to your hold on hold to your stomachs. <laughs> <laughs> um. So on. So that was December 29th. So fast forward to December 31st, New Year's uh, New Year's Eve. He calls her again. This time, she has had a little bit more time to prepare. And mm-hmm. she's like, okay, I got to do this. I got to, like, pretend like everything's okay. So, this is how the conversation goes. He calls Amber again. Scott says, Amber, hey, Happy New Year's. And Amber says, Happy New Year's, you know. And while she's saying this, she's kind of just like, Happy New Year's. You know, she doesn't yeah. sound like... Like I don't see like how he didn't pick happy. up on it because some of the times when she's talking, it almost sounds like she's just going to start crying. Mm. So, but he doesn't pick up on it because he's too narcissistic to give a shit. I was um, going to say, probably that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, he's like too wrapped up in his own life. So, he says, um, er, he says, I'm uh, near the Eiffel Tower at the New Year's celebration. It's unreal. The crowd is huge. I wish you were here. Amber says... 
I'm glad you guys got to go out. Scott says, I miss you, and I'll try to call you back soon, babe, okay? Maybe I'll try to call you back when it's New Year's your time. I really wish you were here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's saying all that. This is December 31st. Okay. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. He is at a candlelight visual for his wife. Oh my god. He yeah. lied about where he was. Yes. Yeah. Well, we knew he lied about where but he was. Like, he yeah, wasn't at the Eiffel Tower. There. But he's at a candlelight vigil. And people even say that they said people say that they saw him on the phone. Like on the phone at one point. Like oh. around his house and then he came back to the candlelight vigil. So yeah, he was like fucking Wow. Yeah. That big of a liar. Like he has a serious problem. Yeah. No, thank you. And during the candlelit vigil, like, the media tried to peg him as, like, this douchebag, too, because they were like, oh, look at him. He's, like, got a smirk on his face, and he's laughing the whole time and everything. But if you look at all the pictures of everybody, everybody's kind of smiling and stuff like that because they're telling, like, stories of Lacey. Yeah. So, okay. but, you know, no one knew <laughs> that he was, that he was to to going to talk to his mistress. Going to talk to his mistress. He was yeah. like, I miss her so much. And, like. Yeah. Go over there and talk to her. So, he calls her about a dozen times over the next few weeks. And Mm -hmm. Amber says each time he would call, she was, she just felt awful. And she said that it was physically draining. Like, she would just, like, start shaking and she would. Understandably. Just be upset. And I, yeah, I can understand that. He would say things like, I miss you, baby. You're so special to me. I'm excited to see our relationship grow. And Amber knew that he was a ball-ass liar. He was a liar. And she also knew that she needed to try to continue it because she was wanting to see if he would confess anything. After several weeks, several weeks, several weeks, (laughs) after several weeks, (laughs) after several weeks, something happened that would compromise this plan. The National Inquiry got a hold of that Christmas picture party. Don't know how they got a hold of it, but they got a hold of it. Of him, Amber, and uh, Scott at a Christmas picture. At a Christmas Christmas party. party. It was a Christmas picture. They got the picture. I'll get it in a minute. I can't. I can't talk. I'm getting too excited. Okay. So, they, um, they got to hold that picture. And they mm-hmm. called the police, which was actually really good on them. Because most of the time, those asshole newspapers would just yeah, print that just shit. Yeah, just print that stuff. So, they got a hold of the newspaper. And they told, uh, they told, they got to hold the picture. And the newspaper told the police, hey, we're going to run this. Just want to get you all a heads up. Hmm. We're going to run this picture. Yeah. They wanted them to be able to tell the family, like, hey, yeah. he's actually having an affair. And that's what the police did. The detectives called in Lacey's parents, and they showed him the picture. And as soon as Lacey's mom saw the picture, she goes, she started bawling, and she said, why did he have to kill my baby? So she, like, automatically, automatically. was like, he did it, you know. Which is understandable. Yeah, So, yeah, January 24. No, no, no. January 17th, Lacey's friends and family hold a press conference demanding that Scott come forward and tell the police any info. Because at this time, they had already seen the picture. They knew he was a liar. They knew he had lied about all this. So, they were like, okay, he knows something. Something's up. Like, if he lies about that, he can lie about anything. January 18th, police suspect that maybe Scott was connected in another disappearance from 1997 before um no right after he right before he had met Lacey that's what it was or right when he met Lacey Mm -hmm. so there was uh in their college town that they were in when she was in college there was a woman that went missing so they were kind of like investigating him for that because they thought well maybe you know if that's connected we can find a connection there but that was like a bust so that wasn't something that they were able to connect him to. Because they thought, well, if he killed that woman, maybe he could kill his wife. But, unfortunately, I don't know whatever happened with that case. But mm-hmm. he wasn't the he wasn't the one. He was a suspect. He wasn't a suspect. January. Oh, suspect, suspect. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so. January 19th, Scott leaves town and goes to Los Angeles with his family. He said that he was leaving town because of the media. It was, like, too crazy, blah, blah, blah. But, um, 
he was handing out flyers with his family and had Lacey's picture on it. So whether or not he went for that, who knows? I mean, he could have been lying about it. So January 24th, here we go. One month later, after um, Lacey was missing. Lacey was missing, yeah. The Modesto Police Department calls a press conference. And this is like the press conference. Amber Fry was ready to make a statement to the media. Mm. And she does. She gets up there and she tells the media she doesn't want to answer any questions. And she's hella nervous and you can tell in the video. Yeah. And she's like, I just want to say that yes, I am someone that I, I was dating Scott. He lied to me. He didn't tell me that he was married. Um, I had no idea. And when I found out, I called the police immediately. She said, I just pray. And she was like almost supposed to break down and start crying. And she was like, I just want to pray for Lacey. And I want to pray for her safe return. And for baby Connor and just her family and all that. Which was, you know, super awesome of her, I thought. Yeah, very brave. Yeah. And after Amber Fry's the press conference... Two men come forward and admit that they robbed the house across the street. So, you remember that? What we were talking about? Yeah. Okay. So, two men come forward and they were like, yeah, we did rob the house across the street. Sorry about that. (laughs) They said, but they did it on December 26th, which was a little strange because there was supposedly, like, tons of reporters at the house. At the house, yeah. So, how the hell did the house across the street get broken into on the 26th with all those reporters around? I don't know. I digress. Um, but Maybe they, they were like, pretended like they were movers or something? I don't know. Maybe. But they said that they didn't, they didn't, uh, see? Didn't, didn't see Lacey or anything yeah. like that. And obviously, if it was really on the 26th, then they didn't. With no leads, they decided to go... With Scott theory. The police did. They searched his warehouse. They... In his warehouse, they where they searched, they find that there was an anchor in the boat, but there was no rope to, like, you know, tie the anchor and hold it down. Um, They also find a strand of hair in some pliers. It was, like, a strand of hair that was pretty locked in the pliers, Mm. but... They tested it, and it was Lacey's hair, obviously. But later on, Scott would say that, well, she was at the warehouse all the time. She had been at that warehouse. So, there's, you know, there could have been her DNA all over the warehouse. Yeah. Which there was. Um, There was also a spot where you could tell that he had been mixing concrete, and there were other anchor spots. Like, where you would set an anchor to set up. Yeah. And there was, like, several different ones, but there wasn't any anchors. So, that was a little suspicious. That that's weird. Yeah. Because that led the police to believe, well, he made these anchors. Maybe he was tying it to, to her tie body. To tie her body. And down. dump her. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what they thought. By the end of January, Scott starts to look more and more suspicious. Um, he sells Lacey's car, and then he starts... The fuck? Yeah. He sells her car, and then he starts talking... This is just the end of January. So, this is yeah. only, like, a month after his wife is missing and his unborn child. So, he sells her car, and then he starts talking to people around town about, like, trying to sell his house. Wow. Yeah. He says that he did all this because he was going to move because the media was just too intense, which, obviously, honestly, yes. Yeah, It was pretty it. intense media coverage. For this area and like everybody in the world pretty much was talking about it. I mean, I remember it being on TV 24-7. But. He could have had death threats and all that other stuff too. I mean, he could have, but he never said that he did. And that would be something I'd definitely be coming forward with. On January 28th, Scott does do an interview. He does do an interview on television. Finally. Like a sit-down interview. And this was a bad idea. Because he admits that he did have an affair, obviously. I mean, you can't deny it. Yeah. He admits he had an affair. He admits he had a mistress. But he says that he told Lacey and she was okay with it. Yeah. Why would you do that? Why yeah. would you say that? Yeah, my wife was cool. You know, eight months pregnant and I told her I was screwing somebody else. But she was like, no, nah, baby, it's all right. <laughs> like, what? What? No, there's no way that she was okay no. with it. 
Like, don't even sit there and lie. First of all, you're a liar. We already know that. So don't sit there and try to say that either. And if he, and if this, if Lacey was missing, really, and she was going to come back, wouldn't he think, oh, but what if she comes back and says that's not true? Exactly. Like, yeah. He must know that she's dead. Yeah. That's what people were thinking. So February 10th rolls around, and that was Lacey's due date. And obviously it came and went, and nothing came of it. Um, you know, nobody came forward. No babies were found, found in, at, like, uh, around hospitals. town or brought to hospitals. No. Mm-hmm. Um, on February 17th, Scott's mother tells the press that she still believes that somebody kidnapped Lacey and they were holding her until the baby was born. Um, because, you know, somebody wanted a baby. February 18th, police police finally search the home and give it, like, a thorough search. And they don't really find anything. So, they find a spot of blood on the bed, but come to find out it was Scott's blood. Which could have been that cut that he had on his hand. Because yeah. it was only, like, like two little dots. I mean, that was it. So, it was super clean. On March 6th, however... They officially declare it a homicide without a body. Don't know how that was possible, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have the bodies, so that was March 6th. I just think they wanted to close the case. I think they did, and I think they wanted to, like, for sure, like, pin Scott for this. So, April 14th, the body of a baby and an adult washes up in the San Francisco Bay. Mm -hmm. After a few days of testing, it comes back that it was Lacey and baby Connor. Wait, and a baby? Baby, yeah. Baby Connor. Wait, wait, wait. So, like... I'll explain why he was out of the womb. Yeah. Okay. So, the body of Lacey was... Disclaimer, it's about to get gruesome. The body of Lacey was nothing but a torso and her stomach body cavity area was yeah. like not that it had been cut open but it from being in the water so long you could tell that it had been like you know the Bloated. rocks or something yeah, obviously okay. busted it open yeah so that's probably why connor was outside of the body okay um but she didn't have a head and she didn't have she didn't have a head. arms uh-uh. oh my god well you gotta think they were in the water for i mean she got dumped if Two her months? body got dumped no this was april Oh, December. Yeah. So, almost four months. Damn. Right? December, January, February, March, April. Yeah. Four months that her body was in that water. And the San Francisco Bay is not just, like, a calm body of water. Like, there's currents, a lot of currents in the San Francisco Bay. And it's constantly churning. There's rocks, very sharp rocks. So, yeah. I mean, she could have definitely, her body could have been mangled. But baby Connor, however, was the opposite. He had almost no damage done to him. There was something tied around his neck or around his neck, but they they thought that it was just, like, debris from the water because okay. it was, like, trash. And it looks kind of like a rope or something. Um, on December 18th, detectives now had enough circumstantial evidence to arrest Scott. They pinged his cell phone in a location near the California freeway. When they got there, he was speeding, like, super fast. They were trying to catch up with him, but it looked like he was running from police, Mm -hmm. which he claims that he wasn't. But they even had, like, helicopters out there. And they told the helicopters and the police to kind of back off. And then they pulled him over just as, like, a routine traffic stop. Yeah. When they pulled him over, uh, he looked a little bit different. He had dyed his hair blonde. And he had a goatee. What? Yeah. Um, in his car, they found $1,500 worth of cash, cell phones, plural, his brother's driver's license and credit cards, camping and scuba, scuba gear. They also found a gun, Viagra pills, shoes, shoes, plural, shirts, children's books, which I don't know what that was about. And he had a uh, map plan of Amber's work. His mistress, Amber Fry. He had a map plan of her work, which later on she says, I don't know anything about that. And 
like she's she has no idea why he had that. Was he gonna like kill her? Kidnap or her? Kidnap her? Yeah, I, I, that's what I thought. He was gonna run away. He, I thought. I thought. Well, maybe he thought about kidnapping her, or maybe he just thought about just going up to her work and surprising her and like begging her to come. You know, like yeah. like she's gonna be like, yes, yes let me go. run away with you. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Um. But anyways, so. When he finally gets pulled over, the first thing that he tells, he asks uh, Al Burkini, the lead detective, was, tell me it wasn't Scott and Lacey in the water. And the detective says, you already know that answer, so I don't know why you're asking me that. Why would yeah. he... Why he claims okay, that he so was confused. he claims that he was just going to play golf with his brother and his father with all that money yeah and all those phones and he all had those shoes. he had his he said oh I had my brother's credit card and his license because he left it in my car and I was just going to take it back to him that's why I was going to the golf course no yeah but he's got like so much shit in his car like he was like he was about to live in the up map in there and everything yeah no, it was weird you. no. So, that is it for episode one. Okay. Because he gets arrested and we're about to, like, go into the trial. The trial and, and the trial's intense. And it, it gets it gets crazy. Um, so, yeah. That's it for episode one, you guys. Um, stay tuned for... Episode two. Episode two, which will be up um, next week. And I hope you guys love it. It might not be up next week. I'm going to try to get it out pretty pretty soon. Um I don't know. I probably won't be able to wait till next week. <laughs> Maybe I'll put it up like Wednesday or something like that. It's not going to be like part 1 and 2 that you guys got on BTK. You're going to have to wait for this one for a little bit. Um so anyways, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh comment, like, tell me what you think. And if you think so far, if you think Scott is guilty or innocent, before we get into the trial, yeah, let me know your theories. It. Like, let yeah. me let me know what you guys think. Um, keep in mind that they arrest him on only circumstantial evidence. So, they don't have any physical evidence. They don't have any blood. They don't have... The only thing they have is the hair and the pliers. But they don't have any sense that there was a struggle. Nothing like that. Yeah. Um... So yeah, just let me know what you guys think. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.